Okay. <clears throat> what do I say again? Hello and welcome. And this is the Tech Reformation. Yeah. All right. Where the world, where the world of technology. Let's go with that. <laughs> Just splice that friend. in there. Oh, Ben's drunk this week. He can't do it. Sorry. Hello and welcome. This is the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. I'm Ben. I'm Derek. I'm Craig. And this is Tank. And I have a quick question for you guys. Have you ever played uh, Dungeons and Dragons? No. A long time ago. Oh, you have played, Craig? Yeah, when I was like 12. I have not. My mother always told me it was evil. Or at least Adventures in Odyssey taught me that. Who taught you what? Adventures in Odyssey taught me that it was evil. What's but, Adventures uh, in Odyssey? You don't and know Adventures. You, I don't know. Wait, wait, Tank. I haven't played it. I always get it confused with an arcade game called Double Dragon, which I have played. <laughs> I, I haven't played Dungeons that game. Dragons. Quite different. Yeah. Sorry. No problem. Well, anyway, um, I ask because I basically played it yesterday, uh, and it was really quite fun. It's basically a, an RPG video game without. Uh, without the computer doing all the rolling for you, if that makes sense. But it's well, no, because we haven't played it. Do what? <laughs> it doesn't make sense because we haven't played it. Uh, okay, that's fair. Well, basically, it's like, uh, it's, it's so hard to describe if you've never played it, but you basically act as if you're, like, you can do almost anything. So it's, it's just so weird. But um, And you just roll a die to see, can I do this? Yes or no? And if you can, yes or no? Anyway, so I played it, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I guess there, there's not really too much evil in there more than a, a, any given video game. So I don't know where it gets its bad rap from. Well, it but, gets yeah. its bad rap from people um, <clears throat> uh, role-playing, or uh, basically role- I, th- I think LARPing tends to have more of the negative connotation. Than LARPing. Have LARPing. you guys ever LARPed? I have not, although I would love to. Me neither. No, what? What is live action role playing? Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Do you yes. like dress up and then actually do stuff or yep. what's the difference? Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, anyway, it was a lot of fun. So I wanted to see if you guys have played it. Uh, it was a good time. Um. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to get all. into Dungeons and Dragons sometime, um, but I just haven't gotten to. I have. There's a there's a board game group that I play with on occasion. We haven't gotten together for a few months. Well, I haven't been there for a few months because baby. But um, mm. yeah, I think they've they've done some of that. So I should get them to get us in on a campaign. Yeah, it's good times. Cool. I have a sort of story this week as well. I'm um. Uh, my day is a bit hectic today. We are about to leave as soon as we finish recording this. My wife and I are heading up to Adelaide to my sister's house. She's just bought a house, my older sister. Um, so we're going to check out her new house. But we're having a big lunch get together with my two sisters and their partners. One is a husband, the other one's a fiance. Um, and also my wife's younger sister. So. That's kind of unusual. We don't do that a lot. Like, obviously, we see all our families now and then, but we don't always see both sides of the family at the same time, um, mm-hmm. particularly sisters. And 
the reason we are doing that is because we are telling them that we're having a baby next year. So hey. Ben, Ben, guess this before we start. Oh <laughs> yes, awesome. Uh, yeah. So that's congratulations. Our news. Thank you. Sweet. That's our news. Congratulations. Cheers. All the um, but yeah, we have to. Uh, yeah, it's it, we're sort of announcing it today. So uh, by the time this episode is out, the whole world will know, or at least all our Facebook <laughs> peoples and stuff. Um, so yeah, thought I'd let you guys know too. Awesome. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Do you have like approximate due date? Ah, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, the, the well the technical due date, like the one they've given us, is the twenty first of May. So hmm. so we'll wait wait and see how accurate that is, but. Anna is waving, saying Ben's wife is doing something. <laughs> uh, we're terribly what was that distracted about this week. Uh, she was celebrating because she pulled one of my ears out and is now listening, and she heard uh, part okay. of the announcement, so she figured out what it was. It was like, oh, they're pregnant? And uh, she was like, yes. So I was going to show her cool. baby. <laughs> well, you guys should get on that too, then, Ben. She yeah, we excited. need to. No, just kidding. I think we're busy. Maybe later. <laughs> okay. Okay. Your suggestions. Okay, he's got to go. So <laughs> okay. Uh, wife hijacked. That's we might great. need an explicit sticker on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, where do babies come from, Craig? Well, I think Derek was going to. Wasn't he going to post an app about that last week for the recommendations? Yeah. No. You know, yeah, honestly, we probably lost a lot when he talked about poop for about 15 <laughs> minutes with Calvinist Batman. <laughs> uh, everything that your baby does will be fascinating to you. It's, it's just kind of yeah. kind of the way it happens. So, poop suddenly yeah. becomes interesting. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I don't, I don't quite believe you at this stage, but I'm sure I'll come around. Or maybe it's just me. Might just be me. This time, this time next year, we'll both be experts, Derek. Indeed. Experts on poop. Yeah. <laughs> Something to aspire <laughs> to. All right. Well, we're really happy for you, and hopefully Derek cuts out all that stuff that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I guess we should move into technician now. Okay, so Tech You Should Know this week, new format, it was getting really long, and we kept, uh, you know, digressing. So we cut it down to the top seven things you should know, and we're going to try and get this in in like seven-ish minutes too, so it'll be seven and seven. You know, that's kind of catchy, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Seven and seven. Should I go backwards? I feel like I should go backwards. Number seven thing you should know this week. Oh, no, please. No no BuzzFeed type <laughs> listicles, please. All right. I'm not going to call them uh, call them out, all of them, but here we go. Activision Blizzard is launching their own film and TV studios, kind of like Marvel Studios. I don't even know who they are. Who are they? They're like a gaming company. They make World okay. of Warcraft. You know, World of Warcraft, yeah. Uh, and all yeah. of the, like, That's why I would Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't they I make Assassin's great. Creed? Mm. No, that's Ubisoft. But yeah, they yeah. Do. Assassin's Creed. They do StarCraft. Is the other one they do? StarCraft. That's big. Those are all Blizzard more. titles. What yeah. does Activision do? Oh, Activision. Um, Activision wasn't that like? Um, oh no, I'm thinking of EA. Yeah, I yeah. was thinking of EA too. All the sports games. Wow. Activision. Yeah. I used to have a game by Activision. I want to say it was like Interstate 76 or something, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, anyway, I'm excited about um, this. I hope it does well, because I've always thought video games would make great movies. It's just they never end up making great movies. 
So there's a Warcraft movie coming out and an Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed movie coming out at some point in the next few years. Yes. So I hope they all do well because I'm looking forward to some Final Fantasy movies that, again, aren't the previous Final Fantasy movie. <laughs> That's actually good. So. Also, Activision made. Um, to- sorry, I'm excited about this. Activision made Tony Hawk's. Tony Hawk, ah, Pro Skater Two. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Well, I don't know if it's two. They've got number five listed on their website. Um, they also made Interstate Seventy Six, which was a game we got for free with our joystick for our computer. I'm pretty sure. And no one else I've met has ever heard of it, but it was really fun. And it's rated eight and a half out of ten on Wikipedia. So it's cool. Yeah. Anyway. All right, number six. Amazon is opening its first physical bookstore. That is fascinating. They're going to sell books in a physical store, brick and mortar. That's crazy, because that's 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 very very interesting. I'd I'd be interested in seeing what it looks like. That's so not Amazon. Drones will control everything. Probably drones will be at the cashier <laughs> at the checkouts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they'll actually only sell you Kindle books in, but they'll sell you physical vouchers for Kindle books or something. Hmm. Number five. Craig, do you want to do this one? Volvo is testing kangaroo avoidance technology for Australian drivers. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool because, I mean, it's not cool because it's Volvo and, Vol- yeah, you know, they're like super safe and not very nice looking cars in general. But mm. um, kangaroos are actually quite dangerous, like as in they're out at twilight when it's hard to see things and they have a tendency of just jumping across the road at any time. So, so it's like so it's like deer here in Pennsylvania. Maybe, but they they jump pretty quick. I don't know how fast deer run oh, across yeah. the road, but deer, kangaroos deer will, kind of deer will come out of nowhere and smash into your car or miss yeah. your car only for your car to bash into them. I've never know. I've had encounters with them uh, on the road. I've never hit one. I've had to swerve to miss them or brake really hard to slow down because they're just standing in the middle of the road. A small kangaroo, mm. you'll just get a dent in your car. A big kangaroo will do some serious damage. Yeah, um, and kangaroos, when you're outside of your car, can either be friendly or punch you in the face. So, <laughs> did you know that they can with they can sustain a speed of forty kilometers per hour? Yeah, wow. I mean, there's a lot of roadkill ones. So, obviously, a lot of the ones I see on the side of the road have gone faster than forty kilometers an hour. But um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. They're pretty tough animals. They're pretty cool. Well, thank you, Volvo, yeah, for saving the Volvo. lives of kangaroos. And Australians. And Australians. <laughs> and, and Australians. Forget Thank about you. the Australians. We just care about the kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> kangaroos are way cuter. Number four this week. Facebook is forcing their employees to use Android phones. And the reason is too many of their employees are using iPhones. Based on what is too many? How do they work that out? What's the criteria for too many? <laughs> More than half? I don't know. That's a good question. Do they have some... Are they getting money from Google or... Well, I think they for like testing purposes because they have a Android presence as well. Yeah, weird. Hmm. And yet, none of their iPhone using uh, employees figured out this bug before the rest of the internet, like the the background <laughs> audio bug before the rest of the internet did. So apparently not. Apparently, they don't have enough Facebook employees using iPhones. But that's beside the point. I'm I'm just a little better about that. Now they'll just be the one tester who's supposed to be the iPhone tester who's struggling to do find all the bugs in the iOS while everyone else is working on Android. <laughs> Poor dude. He's going to be there for so long, just like, oh, can't get my iPhone to work. Okay, number three. The number three thing you need to know in the tech world this week. Microsoft has reduced their free OneDrive storage. Okay, and the reason... I put this in here this high because the reason is hilarious. Mm-hmm. There is a guy who was storing 76 gigabytes on OneDrive. Terabytes. For free. 
Was it terabytes? terabytes. Yeah. Gigabytes is nothing. Gigabytes is nothing. <laughs> it's the terabytes that are the... 76 what did I say? terabytes. You said, you said 76 gigabytes, which is still 76 a lot, but... petaflops. <laughs> <laughs> Exohertz. 76 terabytes is the correct number. Yes. Yeah, that's what I meant. They offer unlimited storage, but they didn't actually expect people to uh, use unlimited storage. <laughs> so thanks wow. to that guy who ruined it for everyone. Yeah. This is why we can't have nice things. Are you sure it was just one guy? I know there was a tweet that that went around that was like, uh, that interpreted this as like a one guy uses seventy six, like because like Microsoft actually said that it was that some users were using over seventy five terab- terabytes and um and someone was reducing it to like okay so my microsoft saw that one one guy was using 76 terabytes and now is punishing everyone else for it it's a, kind of a sarcastic thing but for those people who have 76 gigabytes you're safe you can still store that for free because the new limit is 1 terabyte so you are you still have about 900 gigabytes left mm-hmm. yeah. and for those of you who back up your computer every day to OneDrive sorry you will not have Sorry about you. <laughs> that must be what they're doing. Number two this week. Another news from Activision Blizzard. Um, Candy Crush. Do you guys remember Candy Crush? Yes. I never played it. I never played Candy Crush just out of principle. Yeah, me neither. I never played it. My wife crushed some candy. She was good at it, too. I was terrible. That's why I never played it. Well, it started out as an iPhone game, right? And yep. it just got sold this week to Activision Blizzard for $5.9 billion. Wow. I can't comprehend that. That's it's a lot of candy. candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys made the same joke at the same time. Yeah. And we both did it pretty badly as well. <laughs> it wasn't actually funny. It was like, we'll just say this because it needs to be said. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Could have thrown something about Halloween in there, too. Yeah. And finally... The number one thing you should know this week, which honestly, you probably already know this, and chances are you were really fired up about it, because most people were, Twitter got rid of favorites, and they've switched to likes. Not even likes, hearts. Hearts is like love. Yeah, changing stars for hearts. Well, the verbiage is now like as opposed to fave, but I don't understand why people hate this so much. The internet is strange. (laughs) <laughs> yep, I, I think favorites was just made more sense because when you have like you can have favorites on the web that are stars like in your no one does these days mm-hmm. but like bookmarks and stuff I guess yeah so it made sense to me to use the stars thing and also just as a differentiator from Facebook that has likes but mm-hmm. whatever at the end of the day who cares mm-hmm. Craig my wife agrees with you I didn't use them the same way the functionality isn't changing just the verbiage Yep. That's the thing. From a programming perspective, they literally just did find all, replace all. That's yep, it. Exactly. All the right. functionality is exactly the same. That's what I don't understand why people are so upset about it. It's a name. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you think this might come across sexist, in which case we can cut it from the podcast because it's not intended to be? <laughs> but do you think they're trying to cater to a female market with the love heart rather than No, the I think actually I heard today that um, from a female. I don't know if this makes it more credible, given your question. But uh, she actually said that she heard that it was more uh, transcultural, the oh, like okay. instead of the favorite, and yeah, the, specifically enough. the heart instead of the star mm. uh, yeah. was more people in other countries besides like America, Australia, uh, Britain knew what knew what a heart was and what it meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that wraps up Tech You Should Know This Week. Yeah.
pick you should use this week. We will be talking about, uh, similar to OneDrive, um, cloud storage in general, uh, as well as external storage. So the reason um, I bring this up, uh, you'll find a little bit about it uh, from our Theology from the Headlines this week, but um, I've been looking into, I guess, living more minimally, uh, meaning having less stuff, owning less stuff. But I find that if you really count item by item, paper is probably my highest percentage of, of items owned. And so how do you get rid of all this paper? Uh, well, if it's not sensitive, uh, my wife and I discovered that we can just scan it into our computer and store it. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm recommending it. If you have a lot of... Uh, one, it's just great for cloud-syncing files. If you have 10 devices like most people do, you can find it anywhere. Um, secondly, if you uh, have a lot of paper, then you can scan it in and store it. So I right now use OneDrive, but that's because whenever I use Bing Rewards, which we recommended a while ago, uh, they gave me 200 gigabytes free. So I figured, all right. Gigabytes or terabytes? They gave me 200 gigabytes free. Okay, great. (laughs) Confident on that one. So I said, hey, if you're going to give me 200 free, then I will take them and use your service. So that's why we're on OneDrive Perfect. I got to keep that joke going all episode, otherwise people (laughs) will just think I'm really stupid. (laughs) So constantly reminding them of it will... It yeah. can't be any worse than when I used to keep saying H instead of H, right? Like That hey, made me look stupid in the first few episodes. So, Tank, I got a question about mm-hmm. cloud storage. Do you pay for your storage at all? So, no, I don't. I got it free. I got 200 okay. gigabytes free. And that's all on OneDrive? Mm-hmm. Yep, all on OneDrive. He pays you guys... for it by using Bing. That's enough of a right. payment. Yep. <laughs> Do okay. you guys use online storage? Yes, I use Google Drive. I do use Dropbox as well, and I like Dropbox, but I've just found Google Drive a little bit more flexible um, in terms of how I share things with people. I find their sharing system a little bit less, I don't know, it's just easier. I I don't know why. And also, I'm super stoked that in the last week or two, they've finally added support for playing audio files in Google Drive. Do you pay for that? Has that not been it? No. Why would it not the that? audio files, the storage. Oh, no, sorry. I think it's 15 gigabytes free or something. Free, yeah. So it's not a huge right. amount. But for yeah. documents, like We're just documents to transfer between people and stuff, it's pretty easy. Dropbox uh, is two gigs free. Yeah, and I do pay for Dropbox monthly, which is $10 a month or something for the upgrade. And um, how much do you get? Uh, I think it goes up to 50 or something. But okay. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I can't remember. Might be 20. Who knows? It's it's significantly more than two, but it's, yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> Derek, what about you? I use Google Drive because you guys made me use Google Drive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm a fan of Dropbox just historically because that's what I got started on and it works great mm-hmm. and it still works. And um, I don't use it a whole lot, basically just for syncing... Um, syncing uh like for for app data that goes across you know my my iphone to um my mac or or whatnot or between multiple computers um like one password data that gets i sync that through dropbox um and so i don't need a lot of storage i don't do a whole lot of online storage just like the two gigabytes free or whatever works great for me because it's just little little syncing files and if there's and I have an entire paperless system. So I keep all of my, my file folders basically on my computer. 
or my, my file cabinet is basically on my computer. So anytime that I have a document that I need to get to my computer, I have, you know, I use Dropbox to do that from my phone. Mm. So Makes sense. It's, it's just what I'm used to. I'm sure Google Drive would do the same thing, but yeah, it does. Yeah. I just found an article on The Verge from last year, 2014. Uh, it says, Today Dropbox announced a revamped version uh, called Dropbox Pro that costs $9.99 a month, which is about what I pay for one terabyte of storage. Previously, $10 got you 100 gigabytes. Storage maxed out at 500 gig for $500 a year. Um, and now they've changed it to $10 a month for one terabyte. So Nice. That's a good deal. There you go. On, we should um, also mention Apple's solution, which is iCloud Drive, which gives you five gigs free. Nice. Which is that actually accessible on Microsoft computers? Like, is there an app, like a Dropbox app for Windows computers and such? A Dropbox app? No, like an iCloud iCloud Drive app. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. I think either. there is. Uh, I would. I you can do it on the web. Uh, I but... don't know. Michelle might know. She might use it. Yeah. But I don't know. I'd also like to clarify on the OneDrive storage. If you're a free user, you get 5 gigs free. Um, the free terabyte, uh, previously unlimited free, comes in if you're an Office 365 user. Uh, so that gives you the whole, the whole suite of Microsoft tools, Word, Excel, all that. Um, I think you can use it uh, online. So if you, have, if you have that whole plan, which is very expensive for a personal plan, uh, user, then that's when you get the terabyte free. So if you're just a normal user like me, you get five gigs free. Gotcha. I was wondering about that. I use Apple everything, so I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, side note: if you're if you cloud is good because it's uh, safe. If your computer gets water damage, you don't have to go do the hard drive sled and all that. Uh, another good solution uh, just to consider is an external hard drive. Um, which could also get stolen. The cloud can't really get stolen physically because it's in the cloud. But yeah, another solution is to find external hard drive. I was looking at them today. You can get a terabyte for 50 bucks, but you don't pay monthly. So it's 50 bucks one-time fee physical drive. So there's another option for you as well. But but now you're t- now you're talking about backup, which in my opinion... That's time machine, yeah. Like, which, well, no, in my opinion, the cloud should not be used for... Like, these, these yeah, yeah. drive apps should not be used for backup. If you're mm-hmm. using Dropbox for backup, you need to seriously rethink your <laughs> solutions. Like, go use Backblaze or something. Um, I just use Time Machine. We have a time yeah. capsule. Yeah, yeah, nice. Of course, if your house burns down, capsule, you lose but... everything. Yeah. But... Yeah, I was just uh, mentioning that, so... For that purpose is what you're saying, Derek. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think this is the most convoluted tech you should use with. <laughs> Congratulations, team! Oh, oh! Can I throw? Can I throw one more into the mix? This one's Why interesting. Not? No, <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> Just kidding! It's, you can do whatever you want. It's called Transporter. Have you guys heard of this? No. So this is basically a cloud that you keep in your house. So I have I have it around here somewhere. Did you say transformer, like as in no. Autobots and Decepticons? No, transporter. So this is what it looks like. Um, I'll I'll put a link in the show notes. But so transporter, it, it's basically a hard drive that sits on your desk, and you can access it from anywhere. So you're basically That's hosting cool. uh, the cl- your cloud. Oh, so drive it's like a server 
at home. Yeah. So it's not a server that anyone else has access to. Like the transporter right. service itself, um, it's actually the people behind Drobo, if you know them, um, that that own this. But it's really great uh, when it works. It stopped working for me a while back. I should try it again. Um, so, but that's one of those things like you don't have to pay a monthly fee to use. It's you buy it a one terabyte hard drive and then you have access to it anywhere you go. So I've so. actually thought about getting like a Mac mini and getting OS 10 server on mm-hmm. it yeah. and just doing that. And this kind of leads into our theology from the headlines topic this week, but, uh, you know, just trying to be more off grid than setting up my own cloud storage that I can get to from anywhere. And it would be pretty cheap. Um, I think, I mean, a couple hundreds, but it's a one-time purchase, right? Rather than a monthly subscription. And I'd get way more space, probably like a terabyte. Yeah. And the transporter would be way easier than setting up a Mac mini server. I thought about that exact same thing, actually, when I was thinking about this. And then they did a Kickstarter and I was like, whoa, that's cool. I want to get one of those. And so I waited a year and then I got one of those. Neat. Or you could, or you could get a Mac Pro and turn that into a server and just have like the fastest thing on the planet. Right? Yeah, but so. I don't have three grand lying around. Sorry. <laughs> Dang it. Dang. We'll Can't just not eat this month, it. hun. Sorry. <laughs> you eat three grand a month. Okay, no, but. <laughs> and that's a wrap on tech you should use. This week, we're talking about digital nomads. So, Tank, what is a digital nomad? So, a digital nomad is a person who either has a job where they can work remotely and make their own hours. Um, So, this can be either a person who uh, has a job maybe back in in the United States where they do client work and the clients don't really care when they work or they work for somebody who doesn't care when they work and they can do it all remotely. Or it's just someone who has their own business, whether they are just really good at blogging and making money that way or uh, all sorts of different ways. But basically having those two freedoms, the freedom to being able to work wherever and whenever, allow you to move a lot. So a digital nomad typically is one who just moves around as they work. They uh, work a typical, well, they don't always work a typical 40-hour week, but they have a job they're working each day. Um, But one week they may be in Thailand, another week they could be in India, and another week they could be back home visiting family. Of course, that's a lot of money on plane tickets, so usually (laughs) it's not like that. But yeah, that's, uh, that's the gist of what digital nomads do. So how close are we to being digital nomads? Does anybody have a job that's even close to that? Uh, Mine could be done like that in in terms of the digital media stuff that I do. Mine could be also, I think, but they like it if I'm there nine to five. So, or at least available. I've got a friend who does it um, in the same industry, same sort of industry as me. She does a lot of web design and graphic design and she does it through uh, Canada, Germany, like Canada and Europe, basically. Wow. Um, she kind of goes backwards and forwards between the two. Um, so she works from anywhere, and it seems to work for her. I think she likes traveling and likes 
you know, being somewhere for a year or, or even, you know, six months or whatever, and then picking up and moving somewhere else and then moving back to somewhere. Like, yeah, it works for her. But uh, personally, I like having a house. <laughs> yeah, there's very few people that I've talked to that seem uh, super excited about it. But whenever I was first learning about it, I said, man, this would be awesome. Of course, I have a wife who disagrees as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> and making her happy is more of a priority. But I was listening to a podcast about it, and there's a couple, and they said their salary. They were they make they work in uh, for a San Francisco startup company doing uh, iOS development, and they make a hundred to a hundred and twenty five dollars an hour doing Holy consulting cow. for them. Yeah, and so they said they work three hours a day, and then they go to the beach because they're in Thailand um, on some island paradise. And they're moving to a new city place six months later. But obviously, the the idea isn't to make that much. The idea is just to make enough to support your lifestyle. Because uh, the podcast guy that I was listening to, he said that he, where he lives, also in Thailand, he needs about $800 a month to pay for everything. So... This is making me rethink all of my budgeting. <laughs> so if you can make $800 a month, you can support that lifestyle. And if you can make $800 a month by working 10-hour weeks, 20-hour weeks, then great. So a lot of people, what their goal is to just create as much passive income. So like ads on a website. Once you create, you generate more and more contact, content and get more and more money. But if you stop generating content money will still come in slowly, if that makes sense. So there's all sorts of different tactics like drop shipping or doing some thing with Amazon Kindle where you pay other people to write your books. And there's all these different strategies that I was reading about. It's really fascinating. But yeah, so that's, uh, I, I think it would be awesome. I'd love to do it, but I, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so the article this week talks about a girl named Anna uh, whose job is out of the UK, and uh, she works from Bali, I think, which is a place in Indonesia. It's near me, sort of. Well, it's near Australia, yeah. That area of the world, yeah. Popular holiday destination for Australians. Well, the art- I found the article interesting because she was talking about this particular, I think it's part of an island, or maybe it's an island, I think maybe it's an island, but it's an island that's got a lot of these people who are working as or living and working as digital nomads in it. And it sounds like she's a journalist who went there um, basically to try out the lifestyle and try out the experience and see if what she thought of it. Um, And what I found interesting, and I guess uh, I've had some, I've sort of experienced this myself before a little bit with, um, I was running my own business at one stage and, and I think because she's freelance, um, probably has something to do with it as well, but also just because of the hours. Um, I was doing some work at one point uh, with people outside of Australia enough. I find that even though, so you you might find that during your normal working hours, you've got more flexibility or, um, you know, you can still work a normal day and then feel like you can go and if you were in Bali, you could go to the beach or whatever it is. Um, she She said that aspect of it was really great, but she actually found because she was working remotely, it meant that she was working with people in totally different continents, which meant that she was, so there's a flow on effect, which meant that she was working with different time zones, which meant she was still working 
at midnight because she would be getting emails from what she'd done during the day. When she was wanting to go to sleep, she was getting emails about the work she'd done four hours earlier or finished four hours earlier that she then had to, I presume she had to follow up with so that um, the people in the other continent could do what they needed to do that day. So I feel, I kind of feel like um, there's some real obvious benefits, particularly if you've got the travel bug and you want to have a sort of free, I don't want to say bohemian lifestyle, but kind of um, that sort of I'll pick up and leave and go here for a while and just experience something different um, in terms of my surrounds. But I think even from like a, a health perspective, work-life balance, um, I don't, I'm not sold on the idea that this is actually a perfect scenario for that reason. And if you don't have kids or a spouse. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot that part. <laughs> well, you could do it with kids and a spouse, I, I suppose. I mean, yeah. think about movie actors, right? So you might have a movie contract for, uh, and this is a, obviously a small number of people worldwide who are in this industry, but um, comparatively, but if you're working on a movie in Hawaii for two months, you might move your, if you have a wife, she might come with you for two months or... If it was, say, a bit longer, six months, she might come with you if you had a, a kid or something. Like, I know the guys who were on Lost, they moved their whole family to Hawaii for six years. Or Matthew Fox did, at least. His wife and kids, they went to school in Hawaii wow. for six years while he was doing that show. He actually left America and lived in Hawaii. Like, he, had a, he bought a house there or whatever. So, I think it's possible to do it with a family. But, obviously, you'd have to have a family who's on board with that I, that lifestyle. And it is pretty different. Quick note here, Craig. Uh, and I know you're Australian, so I forgive you. Hawaii actually is part of America. Yeah, sorry, he left mainland America. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I, I knew thought what you, we, you know, I thought you would pick up on that. I knew what you. Meant. I picked up on yeah, it. Yeah, you knew but, what I meant. Uh, ben was not quite so gracious. <laughs> yeah, he left the mainland. Uh, another thing that I thought was interesting from the article is the title talks about the rise of this thing of being digital nomads. Um, yeah. So, like, it's a relatively new trend, I guess. It, mm-hmm. I mean, the technology has made it possible. Um, and more and more people are doing it now. Um, so, why are we talking about it? Well, we have to put everything that we talk about into uh, a proper worldview, right? So, I guess we need to we need to talk about the question of if this is a lifestyle that... Um, is something that is endorsed uh, that that um you can fulfill the great commission with as a christian and um you know and be part of a church and you know all all the different things um at, that we do in glorifying our lord yeah no i agree that's i think that's part of what uh the reason that it was interesting to me i guess i was looking at it from a, a christian perspective um I'm a big believer in local church, important the importance of the local church. Um, and so being able to put down some roots uh, and invest in a community um, and witness to the people around you, build relationships, all that kind of thing. Um, now, I'm not advocating for the, you know, be friends with someone for five years and see if you can eventually work in Jesus at a barbecue five, <laughs> da- five years down the track. <laughs> but I am saying building relationships with the people that you're uh, living, you know, around and, and witnessing to and um, and stuff is obviously going to be beneficial, not just from a witnessing perspective, um, but also from uh, just, you know, Christian service, I suppose, being generous, being um, someone who loves loves people and loves the community and seeks to do that in the way that God does that. I think that would be harder if you were only in a place for three months, six months, and then you're shifting somewhere. 
Um, and I feel even that with a little, a little bit with short-term missions, there's a bit of a mirror there. I don't know if you guys have done short-term missions. I think Ben said he's been. I, I did one. I did a mission trip in 2011. My wife and I went with um, a group of school students to the Philippines to an island called Cebu. And it was an amazing opportunity, amazing trip. Um, and God did some really awesome stuff um, in, a, in a very poor um, sort of community setting that we were working in. But I, I even feel like sometimes with, and I felt when I went on that trip, I wanted to go and I wanted to have that um, that sense of, of being missional and in a, in a difficult circumstance. Um, but at the same time, I felt like when, as we left, I was like, have I just actually made life harder for these people or have I just, do I seem to them like a tourist because I've come, I've done my two week stint and I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it might be the same if you're living and working somewhere and you kind of make friends with people and be, be friendly with people and kind of start building relationships. And then you're just like, okay, see, I've had enough. I'm out. This isn't actually worth me investing into Mm -hmm. um, long-term. I kind of feel like if you were doing that in a, um, in just where you live, it would be a kind of a similar feeling of, this was nice, but it's not good enough for me long-term sort of thing. I think what you were saying about being a part of a local church is really important for this conversation. If you pack your life up, um, you're not the only guy who is a big believer in the local church. Another guy named Jesus was a big believer in the local church. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus juked. Sorry, I didn't mean to claim it was my idea. <laughs> no, 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 I, I don't. I wasn't saying you did, but I just, you know, sometimes people like to, especially where I'm from, people like to say, I love Jesus, but I don't particularly like the church too much. That's an oxymoron. Yeah. It's not mm, possible. Yeah, right. uh, cause, it's like know, saying I like I like someone, but I don't like their husband or wife. Yeah, right, church exactly. Church is Christ's bride, right? So they kind of go together. I like your head, but I don't really like your body too much. <laughs> uh, where were we? Jesus loves his church. Yeah, I was trying to think about it, um, and I uh, am similar in that mindset, which makes it also hard uh, to want to do. Um, So I don't think an issue with uh, life-work balance would be bad. Um, I don't think I would get lonely, any of those things. Uh, But yeah, I I can definitely see it being difficult to be um, just an effective witness, uh, because you can get... I, th- I first think you can get involved with the local church uh, at each place you go, uh, mm-hmm. and that would—I mean—that's pretty much a requirement. Uh, um, but if it's a local church at a at a place with a different language, you're not really going to get to—you won't really get to be in depth with those people. Um, and I think in the point. ministry that you can do, um, you can minister to the people that you're working with. Uh, so a lot of these digital nomads still go to a co-working place where there's like an internet cafe mm-hmm. and then there will be a lot of other digital nomads there as well. And so you can, uh, you have this community that you can become friends with and of course witness to, but without the local church to be there when you leave or uh, anybody else to kind of, uh, to be a, to be there for them, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of, um, it seems dangerous at least. Um, yeah, it is like hard. you're you're, you're uh, saying we don't want to just be handing out get out of hell free cards and not yeah. actually making disciples of people. Yeah, which it's hard to do that outside the context of a local church. Discipleship does come through the accountability of a local church. I mean, you have to be surrounded by people who will teach you the Bible and who will hold you accountable to it. I agree. Well, I agree. I think, and that's something accountability was something really important that I was going to 
I, th- I was thinking of bringing up, but the other thing that I was about to say as well, and I think it ties into accountability. Accountability you need from uh, not just people like coworkers and stuff, but if you if you're, for example, working with non-Christians, you need Christian accountability to um, keep you accountable in your walk with God and and how you are going with your um, reaching out to to people and in love and all that kind of thing. Um, but I think it's also for me like pl- it seems like a lot of these places that people choose to be digital nomads out of or to to work in is places like Bali, Thailand, mm-hmm. whatever. Those places, like similar, this is where it ties into the mission thing. Um, we see the Western world sees those places as places to go for holidays because there's nice beaches, there's good weather, things are really cheap, and don't you know it doesn't cost a lot to live or do things there to go riding on a elephant's back or whatever. It's all everything seems to be cheap. <laughs> but the locals, time. the locals who live there, it's cheap because the locals who live there are not earning hardly any money. And we're using them for tourism and then flying back to our Western nations. And I think there's that sense of, um, you know, would, it, it would feel like to me if I was going to Bali and just kind of living in this Silicon Bali, as she calls it, type place with all these MacBook air wielding people um, and, and seeing that the streets that I have to take to get there are full of people who don't have MacBook Airs. In fact, they don't have computers or whatever. Um, and then I'm just going to be there for six months and then kind of say, well, it's been fun in Indonesia. See you later. Um, I think, is that really loving? Like, is that really showing any kind of um, Christ love to the people, not just the people we work with as digital nomads, if we were in that situation, but the people whose country and surrounds and stuff where using every day to enjoy you know we're just kind of using it as a commodity and then saying well this has been real see you later yeah there's an aspect of loving your neighbor that involves renewing the city or or area you're a part of yeah right i mean being a part of god's renewal plan for the entire creation so yeah you think you're unable to do that like what if you're a believer and can you uh i would say if you're a believer and that's like what you um I, what you what you sense in the area you're in, then you can use your finances to benefit the place. Whereas, uh, if you're back in your hometown, then all your finances are going to benefit your hometown. So, like, that, I think that could be a positive for uh, digital nomads because you're in this place, you're actually seeing what goes on in this area as opposed to just living your comfortable life and being blind to it. Mm-hmm. And so, while you're there for six months, you can be like. Oh, there's this person down the street who lives in a, I don't know who, who obviously needs money. I have all this money because I'm only spending $800 a month and making $125 an hour. Therefore, I have $3,000. I didn't do the calculation, but $3,000 <laughs> uh, to give to this guy or to spread out. So, I think in a sense, yeah, if you're just going and then all your money is going into savings or on yourself, then yeah, that's bad but that's bad anywhere um so yeah i'm not saying it's not possible i I heard you ask that um i'm not saying it's not possible i think i was just trying to kind of agree with craig in the sense that um you know if you're only there for six months or you know if you're there um and when you're there you're totally um almost being a recluse you know sort of the nomadic lifestyle of 
you know, having all your fancy things like he was talking about working in uh, co-work places and not really being around the people of the place that you're in who probably aren't working in those places. It's probably other people like you who are living the digital nomad lifestyle who are, and not saying that they don't need ministered to also. Um, but, you know, it, you kind of have this um, micro-community subculture inside the greater community that um, hopefully we as Christians would want to be a part of and minister to and love and serve and, you know, give to. And Anyway, I, I know nobody I think, disagrees with what I'm saying. I'm just trying to clarify my point. Know, that's good clarification. I think Tank's right. Like, if you were if you were being intentional about how you lived in these places, then yeah. yes, there could be good that comes For from sure. it. Um, I think... The thing that I'm concerned about, like if, if someone's moving to Canada, for example, to be a digital nomad, cool. Like then then it's a matter of the questions on accountability, like we said before, um, and local church involvement. Are you investing in a, a body a body of Christ community somewhere where you are, um, and all that kind of thing? It's it's really for me when it's when it's countries that struggle into with poverty and stuff like that. That even even if say you spend your money well in those places and you are helping people and and buying people food or whatever, um, I still feel like, and this is information that I've got from mission, long-term missionary friends, that um, people who sort of come in and try and do stuff like that, it, it's, it almost seems sometimes like a Band-Aid fix, if you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. uh, this nice Western person has come and they're, they're obviously very generous, but I'm go- they're going to be here for, even if they're here for six months or a year, what happens after that year? Do I start? Do I starve once they've gone? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, so I think the difficulty comes and, with, and you can't. We can, not every single person can save every single person in the world. It's not, it doesn't work like that. We need to be realistic. But uh, I think in terms of, yeah, that's why it sits not quite right with me. It's, it's just that one main reason. And I, I think, yeah, that's a very good point. I think there's a book called Toxic Charity that does it that I think could be very applicable to that scenario where um, it talks about, you know, you really got to think about how you're giving your money to different places or how you're using your money. This is kind of off topic, but this might be a a different show, but um, helping people requires more than just giving handouts. You got to, you know, teach them how to use what they have. Um, So that's a, that's a good point. I think we're finding out that uh, Tank really wants to be a digital nomad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I heard him earlier, sort of awesome. defending it. it and wanting to, like, you know, no, here's why it could be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Which it yeah. could be awesome, no doubt about that. Well, it that. could be. We're not saying it's definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to always just. Put I'm it not down either. I just thought it was just, funny. Yeah, yeah. I th- I I agree with you guys on the money thing. Um, I just think on all on all the things that we're saying are bad. Um, we could find a way to do them well. But to redeem I to- them? I totally agree that... To reform um, them? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I totally agree that it would be a very difficult lifestyle, and yeah. you would miss the weight of the local church. Uh, weight may have been the wrong choice, but you would miss the strength of the local church. So I think that's a that's a good choice of words, because the local church, really, the way... The way Paul describes uh, like church accountability and rebuking a brother in, in faith, or a, a brother of the faith, um, seems to me like it's that's someone that you know for years and years. Like this is these are people you're in a community that um, that you really have this strong um, 
bond with and you you and that is where you get this accountability otherwise throwing someone out of uh, like excommunicating someone from a church doesn't have uh the weight that it would if you're just visiting there for 6 months um i think the that being a part of the local church is really an important part of thinking about the digital nomad life i think the conversation is really convicting for me thinking about how intentional someone would have to be to do this and to be, you know, be a faithful Christian in, in this kind of lifestyle. Okay. And just thinking about how non-intentional I am in my <laughs> really easy life right now. Uh, anyway, things to think about. Good. I was just thinking of a way to tie it up and bring it back to reform theology and stuff. And I was thinking of that passage where it says like, we'll, um, we'll go here and, and live there for a year and then we'll move on and, and do this or that. And, and James basically four. said to James, that, yes, James and James says you can do that if if that's what God wants for your life basically. So I think um I guess like to summarize what we've been saying and, and draw it together a little bit like there's obviously some great technology that's enabling people to have freedom in where they live and work um but I guess as as people who are seeking to be part of the body of Christ and to be um faithful stewards of what given, God's given us and to um to show his love to the people around us uh, and to follow a God who we know is in control of everything. Um, it just brings to mind uh, the verses in James 4, at the end of James 4 from verse 13 onwards, where it says um, people are sort of starting to boast about what's going what's gonna to happen in the future. And it says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. And yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So I guess we're all saying that we agree that there are things as Christians, there are there are parts of our lives. We need to be part of a local church. We should be being missional. Um, there are things that we need to be doing, uh, responsibilities that we've been given as the bride of Christ, as a church. Uh, and so it's about, I guess, two things, um, finding out where God wants you to be, not just where you want to go for a holiday um, and do some work at the same time while you're there. Uh, and then also uh, in that situation, how can you best serve uh, God? How can you do what he's calling you to do? All right, this week we have some listener feedback. Yeah, we got a we got a message from Winter via the website. We have a feedback form there that um, you can send us a message by. You can also email us at ask at techreformation.com, but we'll get to that later. Um, so this is so Winter writes, uh, I have a question that could possibly spark an idea for an episode. I'm thinking about getting into podcasting, and I've looked into using Podbean to host the podcast. In your opinion, is Podbean the best option? I really don't need analytic data like other podcasts. I just need some control and let someone else deal with the technical stuff. I might start multiple podcasts, which require figuring out how to make a site that acts like a network hub. That is a good question, and boy, that's that. There's a there's a couple different things in there that uh, changes the answer. Yeah, Podbean looks like a a pretty good option. Uh, it's like three dollars a month uh, if you're billing it annually and and whatnot, and you can upload a, 
100 megabytes monthly. Bandwidth is 100 gigabytes monthly. So really, you'd have to have like a thousand listeners to your podcast to to reach that, which if you're starting out a podcast, you shouldn't have an issue with that. Now, the the problem is when you start going into multiple podcasts and needing like wanting like one place to host all of them, um, that that starts getting tricky. You're going to need to actually get into some technical things or you're going to need to pay someone a lot of money. Uh, (laughs) So what we do is we actually just host our podcasts on our website for right now, which works because we don't have that many listeners. Um, Les sad. Derek, Derek, Derek. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I said that many listeners. You know, we could have, we could have 800 listeners or 2000 listeners. That's not relative. Uh, Um, Wait, we have listeners? Apparently, <laughs> people actually listen to us. But we just went with that because we monkeyed around with SoundCloud, which turned out to be a bad option. Um, and then we tried using archive.org, which is really not a great option at all. But we we bought hosting for our website, so we just threw them up there. Now, with WordPress, you can actually do the whole network thing that you want to do with uh, there's seriously simple the serious, seriously simple podcasting plug-in. We'll let you do more of that. So that's something to look into. But of of everything that I've looked at, if you're just trying to start a simple podcast, Podbean is a is a great option. It's a very cheap and easy to get started. So I'd start with that. And then once you figure out that you like podcasting, then go for something else. But hey, Winter, thanks for listening. And we really appreciate your feedback. Yeah. All right. You guys got any recos? Yep. Uh, oh, I've, I'll jump into one pretty quickly. Um, I said a while ago, one of my main hobbies is photography. I do a lot of uh, DSLR photography, but also on my iPhone. Uh, and an app that I really uh, get a lot of use out of in terms of editing is called Snapseed, all one word, um, just as it sounds, spelled as it sounds, Snapseed. Uh, just really versatile. It lets you basically press on different areas of the image and then change the brightness, contrast, and saturation just of that area. And then you can pinch to adjust how big the area is. Plus, it's got a whole bunch of filters, HDR, and um, black and white and, and dramatic and vintage and stuff. So check it out. Um, I have been playing Lumino City today on my iPhone, which I love and hate at the same time. Um, Lumino City, uh, they, they, the, there was a game previous to this that was released like four years ago or so um, called Loom, which was kind of a proof of concept. But it, it's like a handmade, it's actually a handmade set that they made into a point-and-click adventure game. But it is really not made for iOS, so I would recommend playing it on a computer. Everything is so tiny on a phone screen. Um, so I would recommend you know downloading it on your computer or via Steam or something, but not on iOS. Uh, my my reco would be the Travel Like a Boss podcast. Um, that is where I listened about the the ones who the digital nomads who make a hundred to hundred twenty five an hour. Um, just go on there, look at their episodes, look at one that uh, you find interesting to you. And that is, of course, if you're interested in digital nomad lifestyle, this is a good place where he basically just interviews uh, all sorts of different people who live all over the world. So if you want to know more, uh, check this podcast out. I've enjoyed the few episodes I listened to. <laughs> what is it? What is it? What are you eating? Hopefully you can hear my reco. <laughs> oh, it's what you're eating. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
This week, I am recoing Cap'n Crunch's Sprinkled Donut Crunch. <laughs> it is delicious. I, don't, I, don't I will think we post have a link Crunch in Australia. I'm pretty sure we don't. In the show notes. Cap'n Crunch, Sprinkled Donut Crunch. It's delicious. I've been eating it all episode. Can you mail me some? <laughs> Maybe. It's only $3 a box. Super cheap. So, we'll I think that's code for go get some yourself. You no, I don't think they sell them in Australia. Uh, okay, so that was why I said anyway. Mm. Well, Could you just tell me your you. address real quick? <laughs> on the on the air? yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I'm all of a sudden a digital nomad, and my address is changing. It's so, in okay. Bali. Psych. All right. If you would like to contact us, kind of like Winter, uh, we might feature you on the show in our listener feedback section. And there's a bunch of ways you can do that, whatever you prefer. First off, if you've been listening for a couple of weeks now, you've got to jump in our Slack channel. It is great fun. And you can find us at slack.techreformation.com, where we continue to talk about the topics we've brought up on the show. Again, that's slack.techreformation.com. You just fill out a little web form. It's all free. It'll send you an email, and you just follow the process from there. And you can hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, you can like us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash techreformation. Or tweet us at techreformation on Twitter. And all our episodes are put out through our website. So you can obviously subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating and review. It would be really helpful actually to help uh, tell other people what you think and also help get us up a little bit higher in the charts. But to check our website and to um, give us feedback through there, you can visit techreformation.com. And you can always email us at ask at techreformation.com. Comments, feedback, questions, whatever, send them that email and we will see them respond. Leave us a review on iTunes, dang it. We have a few of them. Have you guys looked recently? But you as a listener should leave us more. Give us stars. Give us give us words. Five stars only. Yeah, not five stars Don't only. Don't give us G- any of those, give any us of those an honest, Twitter likes. Give us, we want stars. Give us an honest review. <laughs> as long as it's five stars. Is that what Ben's saying? We yeah. want to know what we're doing wrong. We want to know what we're doing right. Yeah, so. true. Yeah, tell us in the text what like you actually think, but only put five stars, you know? <laughs> corrective, corrective feedback is helpful as well as possible. Yeah. yeah, no, it totally is. And if you like this music you're listening to right now, it is by a guy named Matthew Parker, who has graciously let us use all of his stuff for free. You can find him on SoundCloud or iTunes, and the links are in the show notes. This has been Tech Reformation. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. By the way, a quick point of clarification. Derek can put this after the credits if he needs to. I do not. I have not been stalking Ben's wife at all. The reason I know her name is Anna and she's her mum's from Brazil is because I've been listening to old episodes of the podcast and she called in as a... Yes! Yeah. Uh, and I was listening to that yesterday, so that's why it was in my mind. That's great. Sorry. <laughs> she's still here. She just likes not to sit up here when we record sometimes. That's yeah, awesome. not trying to freak anyone out, that's all. Yeah. Cool. Uh, where were we? Jesus loves his church.
All right, everyone, keep your recording devices on. Keep keep Why? it on. Come. Okay, Craig, you can leave if you want I'm... to. But Tank, oh. you have not listened to Adventures in Odyssey. Nope. I don't even Has know it... what it is. Have you guys listened to Adventures in Odyssey? No. <laughs> Ben's just crunching over there. Ben, have I've you heard not of listened it. to Adventures? Does that count? Seriously? No. I've listened to someone tell me about it. Does that oh count? Oh my goodness! Hey, I'm about it's to do like, that it's too. This ra- it it's this Christian radio show. <laughs> it is. Fantastic. I don't know what this is. Actually, Derek, I Derek, to hang on, Derek. You haven't seen Back to the Future 2. You cannot get annoyed that we don't know what <laughs> Adventures in Odyssey is. We're a Christian radio show. Aren't we all the Christian radio show you need? Okay, were, were any of you homeschooled? <laughs> no. no. Okay, Just maybe kidding. that's why. Uh, it's like the quintessential <laughs> Christian homeschooler thing. is Like, VeggieTales and Adventures in Odyssey. Um, but, what about McGee and Me? Did you get McGee and Me? Yeah, McGee and Me is done by Focus on the Family, and Adventures in Odyssey is done by Focus on the Family. I thought cool. McGee and Me was done by Bill Myers, the guy who writes My Life as Alien Monster Bay and My Life as a Burrito with Extra Hot Sauce. <laughs> what the crap are you, you talking You never read about? those books? Flying well, Spaghetti Monster. Awesome. I might have no. one of those. They were my favorite books when I was a kid. Oh, goodness. This is sad. I need to get we you all have into- differing childhoods. Who would have thought? <laughs> this has been After the Credits with Tech Reformation. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.